Unless you want to, it's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 471 now of the Ron and Don Show, and yeah, we are right back in the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, what about this? Uh, some people are saying the Colts right now are tanking so that they can get our quarterback here in Seattle next year. Let's talk about that. Also, Jennifer Aniston said there are no more movie stars, but I thought she was one, so I'm not sure how that works. Are we a society that still needs movie stars? And she says, uh, we have no more movie stars, and also social media has kind of wrecked that for everyone. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. It's been a few days. Election results around the country still coming in. It looks like at this point, though, that the Republicans will for sure control the House. They may control the Senate. I don't know how much control they'll have over the Senate because it's going to be so tight. And that, let's not forget the, the vice president, if it ends up in a tie, and at this point we don't know if it ends up in a tie, uh, then she has the deciding vote. I was really surprised because uh, I looked at a lot of polling. Ron, what do you, what do you think happens when, when, when we see this polling that says that there's going to be a big red wave, and then it just didn't happen. Well, if you if you look at, I, I was, because the, 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 the media narrative is controlled by the very extremes on both sides. And I, I think it was 60 Minutes where I was watching a piece uh, a week or so ago where they talked about, you have 16% of the country, so around 8% of the population that's way out on the right, 8% of the population that's way out on the left, and those Americans are so vociferous and loud uh, in their arguments and in their media, social media posts and, and how outspoken they are that they, they kind of control the narrative um, when it comes to politics in America. And so you have this vast bell curve of people in the middle that uh, just don't have the time, energy, or mental horsepower to devote themselves <laughs> to this day in and day out. Politics for the rest of us. Right. And, and so those are the people that if you can get them to vote, yeah. have these outcomes. But the, the thing that's more fascinating to me on, on this election is if you if you're not intellectually lazy, if you don't just knee jerk and go, well, those people are stupid, uh, and like wave your hand to dismiss everyone on the other side. I actually try. Let's take this the Georgia case for instance, where you have uh, Warnock versus Herschel Walker, two black men in the state of Georgia, and of course Herschel Walker went to the University of Georgia, Hall of Fame caliber football player, uh, but in terms of policy. And 
things that you would associate with a, the what I think of as the Republican Party, uh, responsibility, conservative values, sort of usually uh, Christ, Judeo-Christian ethics leaning that way, uh, family, all that sort of stuff. Law and order. Law and order. Law and order. Sure. Herschel Walker has none of that. Like <laughs> he he's not a smart guy. Yeah. He really has no handle on any of the issues. Yeah. He, there are multiple women coming forward saying he drove me to an abortion clinic to have an abortion. He has secret children that have popped up everywhere. They're saying, I'll take a DNA test. Like, let's do this thing. Um, so you have all of that. And then on the other side, you have Warnock, incredibly educated, incredible speaker, has actual knowledge about policies. Um, you know, you go back, he really, I think he's a, he's a pastor. It's like, you want to talk about, you know, Christianity in the South, which is a big thing. And he's like, been in the chair. He knows the job. He's, a, he's, 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 an he's literally a pastor yeah. with a degree in all this stuff. And yeah. so you listen to him talk and you're like, okay, if you take, if you set politics aside, at least one of these candidates is not like the other. And yet they're going to have to go to a runoff because, uh, Warnock could not get 50%. So instead of just going, Hey, uh, all those people in Georgia are idiots that, that voted for this. If you look, if you pull up a map and you see how this broke down, in like Atlanta, it's seventy five percent Warnock. Like people in the big city uh, in those counties there are like, okay, it's clear. It's clear. It's clear who is going to represent our interests in the state of Georgia better. Then you click on something in a rural part of Georgia. And it'll be 75, 80% Walker. And so what is happening there? What are people voting for? What, what is the fuel? Because again, someone had to get out of their chair and log off of their computer and put down their cell phone in, in I don't know the, the voting procedures in Georgia, but the, that's one of the states that there's all sorts of gerrymandering and law. Like they may have had to actually go to a physical ballot box like in washington we can just do write-ins it's really really easy but that's been opposed by gop and all these other states so but some and my my point is that people had to stop what they were doing and vote and they looked at a, a ballot and said herschel walker's my guy herschel walker represents me i'll prefer him over this other guy and so what what is that and is that something that we need to change? Is that so? The, the, the biggest thing that's come to me, well, I'll ask you first, what do you think that is? Because if you want to talk policy and if you want to talk experience and education and all the things that I think of go into someone that's going to govern, Herschel Walker has none of it. Yeah, I'll answer from 30,000 feet. Because I, and, and first off, I will say this if you don't think they don't send your ballot back in Washington, they do. They sent mine back because they said your signature did not match your voting card signature. Because over the years, when I used to sign autographs, which is really silly, because I don't sign those very much anymore, I kind of shortened my signature. So they sent it back, and I had to go online and, and correct that, which was actually really encouraging to me, that 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 the state of Washington is, is watching. It's discouraging that people ask for your <laughs> autograph. Here, 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 here's the other thing, though, is, is my ticket was split, right? I grew up in a family where you don't split the ticket. And especially in the Midwest, the Deep South, you don't split the ticket. You vote... You you vote blue, you vote red. I remember uh, talking to Mike Salk, who's the East Coast guy, uh, when we did a couple mornings on ESPN together. He got really mad and livid at me. Uh, he says, I don't care 
what side of the ticket you vote, and and he votes on the blue side. He said he said, but the fact that you're splitting the ticket, uh, you're ruining America by doing that. And I won't go into the reasons why he thinks I'm ruining America, but I think what happened with a lot of folks is, and I think this happened in Georgia too. Maybe you don't feel like Georgia or, or someone like Herschel Walker represents you, but you feel like. Yeah, you're more connected to red than you are to the blue. And that's why I think it's so close. There are people out there like my mother who will vote. Uh, and I don't know how she voted this time around. She she typically her whole life growing up in the Midwest, she she voted she she, she voted red, red, red. She voted on, on that side of the ticket. And then what Donald Trump forced her to do is she got older and I think more enlightened is she started splitting her ticket. So this is what I think we saw in Georgia. I thought I think we saw the splintering of a of a ticket. And I think what what Democrats have to really pay attention to, when you see all that red out there, right? All that red out there, a lot of times is in places where we like to go visit and vacation, especially when you look at Washington State. So we have to pay attention to the farmer. Why is the farmer or why is somebody that's growing apples, for instance, over in eastern Washington, why do they feel more heard by someone like Tiffany Smiley, right, versus someone like Patty Murray, who we haven't seen in the state for years, and then all of a sudden she thought she was going to lose that election, and she showed up, and she started bashing Tiffany Smiley. As soon as I saw her bashing Tiffany Smiley, I'm like, ooh, after 30 years with the tennis shoes on, uh, Patty Murray's a little worried here, and I have to say, I have to say in, in Washington State, I thought Tiffany Smiley I th she actually did better than I thought she would do. And that's because out in those rural areas, people that live on the left coast and, and the west coast and the east coast, if you live on the coast, look at the, look at all that blue. As you march towards the interior of the country, look at all that red. Do so you think it's and allegiance just, to party? We're just, we're just polarized, and we are not listening to each other. And the reason we're not listening to each other is because we are picking politicians that sometimes create problems that don't even exist. And then who's the solution for that problem? They are. They're the only ones that can make America great. And I will just say this. If you can't get it done in four years, let's say the Trump runs, you get another four years because you can't have eight. If he really loved America and he really wanted to make it great again and he couldn't get it done in four years, wouldn't you just step to the side and go, you know what? I'm going to let that guy down in Florida. A little bit younger, a little bit hungrier, little bit uh, more focused on policy. He really did do a great job as now they're being hit with a second hurricane this year. And so, so for someone like him, that may be more of a policy wonk. That may be a better fit now for the Republicans moving forward. And I think that's what we saw. Because I think Ron DeSantis, I think he's very electable. I don't think Donald Trump is. So, Yeah, so, so I, I can understand allegiance to, to party. But in that case... You just trot someone, anyone out there that has name recognition, like Dr. Oz, like Dr. Oz lost in, in Pennsylvania, even though he's from New Jersey right. and, and Oprah even abandoned him who, who gave him his platform. Um, it's, I, I just don't, and, and, and I'm willing to accept that I'm, I'm the oddball out here because I just don't, that's not how my brain works. Like I cannot just swallow hard and go, well, this guy's clearly adult, but he's on my team. So I guess I got to vote for do him. Do you split your ticket or do you look at the issue and, and, and look at the person? I don't even way? think in terms of splitting the ticket. I look at each individual line yeah. item and I go down the ballot and I was like, what do I believe? Yeah. And do I know enough about this issue to even vote? So like, I, I don't even think, I don't think in terms of a ticket. I don't think in terms of red or blue. I think in terms of like, 
What what do I what do I value? See, I, I think that's right though, and I, I think that that more people do that than you think. And the people that are to the far left or the far right, it reminds me of growing up in the evangelical church. And now what has happened is is really there they even when you look at the people that marched uh, on January sixth, you, you can see elements at least to me that I saw in the church uh, from flag waving and dancing and running and conspiracy theories and here comes the devil and everything else. It it it's very similar in that politics has become religion for people on the far right and far left. And what we have to make sure that we don't do. I've been watching some TV over the last couple of days just to see how Fox would spin it, MSNBC would spin it, and CNN would spin it. And I have to say, CNN was very cautious about calling anything in any of the states because they they were so worried about looking like they were leaning left or leaning right. With Fox, that wasn't an issue. With MSNBC, they just sit there and pick on the Republicans the whole time. And you know what? That's a problem. Some people call it infotainment. I heard someone call it angertainment. And I think it's exactly what we see here. Uh, a lot of people on, on television and radio and podcast today, we have we 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 have been a part of this angertainment. And I think the American people are getting tired of it. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, it's Ronnie Don here for our partners for over a decade, Les Schwab. And you know what? Winter is on the way. I hate to say that, but winter is on the way. It might not feel like it right now. It is right around the corner. So if you have designs like I do, I bought my Epic Pass. I want to go skiing this year. You've got to make sure your tires are on point. And that's what Les Schwab is all about. So right now they're doing their fall tire sale. You can save up to $200 on a set of four select tires with Les Schwab financing just in time for winter driving. Schedule your appointment right now online at LesSchwab.com. That's Les Schwab Tires, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952. To say Andrea Mickelson's life is crazy is an understatement. And when it was time to sell her Sammamish home, she admits she was just overwhelmed. There was no way that I could even begin to try to figure out what needed to be done. Andrea had heard all about how Ron and Don do far more for their clients than other realtors, so she gave the guys a call. They immediately jumped in, advising her what she should consider doing, where to spend her money, and where not to bother to get the highest asking price possible. It was absolute relief. I felt that they could take on all the stuff that I needed to have done. The guys took over, leading a small army of experts who dramatically transformed her home inside and out. But Andrea admits, even though the market's smoking hot, she worried a bit about how she'd do. Now, she didn't have to wait long after it went live. So the first offer was 200000 over the, the asking price. And the offers kept coming. Andrea was blown away when they finally settled on a selling price. They got $450,000 over the asking price. It was amazing. Suffice it to say, Andrea is thrilled, and she hasn't stopped recommending Ron and Don to her friends and family since. I'm Andrea Mickelson, and thanks to Ron and Don, I got way more for my door. Listening to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget if you need to get in touch with us. Doing a lot of Ron and Don sit downs uh, coming up here in the holidays. 
We're sitting down with a lot of people as we're getting ready to strategize, especially for the spring of next year. Yeah, if you want to put together a game plan uh, to buy or sell a piece of real estate, now's the time to get that going. Uh, talk to finance people. Look at your bank accounts. I, I, I've recently had to do this, and I thought I was pretty squared away. <laughs> it's still lots of documents, lots of things to sign. I'm digging through, talking to CPAs. Like I was like, wow, this is more of a process than I thought it was. You're, you're not going to get it done in a day. Like you can't just go, oh, I really like this house. I'm going to buy it tomorrow. Uh, you need to, to put some legwork in, get that stuff ready to roll. So contact me, ron at ronandon.com. Uh, let's get a plan together. We have one uh, client that's talking about, hey, I've always thought about moving from, uh, I want to live on an island. And so maybe now is my time. It could be your time. And yeah. like, there's a lot of strategy that we can uh, talk about and get you poised and ready to go with decisions like that. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about football a little bit. And we're going to talk about Russell Wilson and his armband uh, coming up on episode 473. A, a preemptive apology here. To who? To everyone that listened to me three months ago when I said the Seahawks would be lucky to win four games. <laughs> I am so happy I was dead wrong on that. Well, let's talk about that. We, I was utterly convinced, and so were you. I think most people were, that the all the hard money was on the fact that the Seahawks were going to tank the season. That's why they were willing to play someone like Drew Locke. That's why they didn't jump into a quarterback uh, sweepstakes when there were quarterbacks that were available, and the Seahawks just kind of sat it out, right? Yeah. And now... You had a perennial backup. You're like, really? This is our strategy? Yeah. And then with Geno Smith, you went, you know, they they are playing to win a couple games, get a high draft choice next year, and, and go after a quarterback, because there's a lot of great quarterbacks that we see right now uh, at the college level. Although, the quarterback in Alabama has now lost two games. How about that? And everybody thought he might be the Seahawks' next quarterback. Anyway, Geno Smith turns out can play the game like they wanted Russell Wilson to do. It's all about the ball. Hang on to the ball. Let's play great defense. Let's have a run game, and let's see if we can go win a Super Bowl. And that's how we won a Super Bowl. That's how we went to a second Super Bowl is doing it that way, not turning the ball over, right? Controlling it with your ground and pound on one side and a great defense on the other. And this defense, if, if you look at the way that they rank in the last three games, they're one, two, three in the NFL when they were dead last in the NFL. So it's incredible how Pete Carroll was able to take a bunch of rookies and young guys and get this team turned around, but it's exactly what he did in 2012 2013 let me ask you this though just saturday he's the center for the colts used to hike that ball to peyton manning next thing you know uh jim ursay who they who they feel like is a really progressive owner uh went out fired uh their current head coach and then they turned around and they called jeff saturday who was on espn at the time literally and they said we would like you to be the interim coach uh, with this, I think when you're looking for an interim coach, uh, the, the Rooney rule is not used here. And so they were able to pick Jeff. Jeff happens to be Caucasian. Jeff happens to have never been a coach before. Uh, he coached maybe, in high school. Well, even, you, school even when you look at that, it's not like he was a head coach uh, when, when they're in high school. So in, in looking at this, some people feel like, number one, uh, Jim Ursay should – before he hired anyone, talks to some African-American coaches. And number two, they feel like, you know what? You, you, you are now on, you are purposely tanking the season uh, 
you don't want to win any more games because you want to go find the next Peyton Manning. Well, this one's this one's sticky for some of the stuff that you outlined right there. You and I both for a long time have have sort of waves a flag of more equity and more equality when it comes to positions of power in, in professional sports. Not just football, but but across all professional sports. And so in ownership, in the front office, when it comes to the coaching staff, they, that should be reflective of what you see on the field. So we've we've the, the Rooney rule in a lot of ways has been good and been bad uh, with the tokenism. So the fact that you have a have, have myriad of coaches but black and white of, of all stripes in the NFL that have been grinding for years, if not decades, and none of the all of them get get leapfrogged by a guy with no coaching experience. I think that's a slap in the face to many, many people. Uh, and in a glass half empty situation, I was I don't know if you're familiar with Booger McFarland. He was a he was a Super Bowl winning defensive player in the NFL. Played with Jeff Saturday. And he he came out. He's a very great, good commentator. And he, he's one of he's, these. He's this Charles Barkley of the NFL. Yeah, he, he says what he thinks. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's like very good. he's, he's very like good. I know Jeff Saturday. I played with Jeff Saturday. We share a Super Bowl season with each other. And if I was a player today, and they tried Jeff Saturday in here, I would be. I would say, what in the hell is going on? What is this guy going to teach me? What? How is this guy going to make me better? How's he going to make this football team better with no coaching experience whatsoever? And then he said, after I got over my initial anger, because I'm a professional, I'm going to go to the first couple meetings and try to have an open mind and see what this guy has to say. But it seems like the players uh, are going to have to override their first instinct of like, who is this guy? Like, how do you go from, uh, you know, the, the, the commentary desk on ESPN and jump right to head coach. And, and that's sort of where I'm at on this. Uh, the other, if you, if you want to give them a benefit of the doubt, maybe there's a lane where someone hires great coordinators and you feel like you have enough charisma to just be that rah, rah guy. And you let your coordinators basically run the show. Uh, I don't know if Jeff Saturday is that guy. It's going to be interesting moving forward, though, because Sean Payton is that guy, right? And Sean Payton could jump in, start kicking some huh. And the problem is Sean Payton, who used to coach the, the the Saints and is now at the desk and has won a Super Bowl, has lots of great coaching experiences, is a a quarterback guru, an offensive guru. He really is. I mean, what what he and Drew Brees were able to accomplish together. So he's sitting there at the desk. If they picked up the phone and called him. That would make more sense to me. I, I think they are taking the taking the season. I do think after this year, I, again, Jim Mercy is a pretty progressive guy, and and I I hope they create a jump ball where they'll go out and they'll actually interview real coaches, but like a especially way to do real this. real African American coaches. Take a guy, Byron Leftwich. He was a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, He's black. He didn't jump straight to head coach. He he ended his playing career, went into coaching like went through a couple of position coach and then coordinator type of stuff. And now a rising star. How, how do you like th That's what drives me crazy. I think drives other people crazy is there are examples 
of these people that have put their time in and worked under successful coaches and you, they get leapfrogged over and over again by the shiny object white guy or the the young phenom white guy like we saw out in California. Uh, I'm blanking on his name, but like the, the Rams guy. Uh, oh, he's the next genius. And it's like, okay, well, he had a, a good season, but yeah. what are they doing? Can you string two seasons in a row? Yeah, and then let, let's now look at the broadcast booth. Name me one black broadcaster that you think is making a hundred million dollars that has a hundred million dollar deal in the i don't think there is one uh, uh tom brady has one waiting for him uh drew Brees had one right white quarterbacks uh ben rothersburg or if he wants one can have one sean mcveigh has now said that he is going to leave coaching probably in the next three or four years he doesn't see himself as an older coach in the nfl uh, there's over a hundred million dollars that has been awarded him. John Gruden is 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 suing now for the hundred million dollars that uh, he was supposed to get. Tony from the Romo. So Tony Romo, yeah, uh, Jim Nance, all those. So so I can't name. And, and if seventy percent of your workforce is black, and then and then when you when you watch a Sunday game, sometimes all the players are black on both uh, both starters on both sides of the field. You're like, wow, this this is amazing. And then and then you the, look the, the you, you look in the coach's box and you don't see people that look like you. You look at the ownership, and we'll talk about uh, this later in episode 473 because it looks like another NFL team is about to be for sale. Maybe the Seahawks will be as well. But but we are not seeing African Americans show up in places where. They should be showing up, getting paid what they should be getting paid. It is not. And, and the point that I just brought up about, uh, you know, guys sitting up in the box, uh, well, being commentators, I haven't won. read that anywhere. It's just in passing. I'm like, I, I'm here about, I, I'm here. Tom Brady has a deal that's been waiting him that's just sitting there uh, that he was given three years ago. So they're, they're just waiting for him to come and, and so so anyway, it, it it it's upsetting to me that I'm not seeing those opportunities. Yeah, I'm just thinking that there's one uh, play-by-play guy, Monday Night Football, and I'm blanking on his name. That's black. Uh, he's the lead chair, um, but that's the only one. Who? Tarico. Mon- Monday Night Football. The, yeah, Mike Tarico. Yeah, Mike Tarico. He's not a former player or coach, uh, right? But he's in the lead chair of. A, Look how long it took him to get that chair. I no, I'm I'm with you on that. And I'm who just he saying, had to sit behind again? He's it. the only. He's the only one. Yeah, that has the lead chair, but uh, not a for point, But a he was never a player. Game. He was Correct. never a player. Coach. And Al Michaels was never a player. I mean, usually the lead guy. I don't count that guy. I don't is, count Al Michaels. Okay. Yeah, I like that he's complaining about the bad football on Thursday night. But the problem is, there's nowhere to go with that because the football is because because they can't flex those Thursday games, and he's used to working where games can be flexed, and they can't be flexed on Thursday. So teams that you thought were going to be really good on a Thursday night. They end up being some really bad clunker games. So we'll see you on the other side. Hey, you guys, I'm sitting here with Mitch Weeks right now, one of the great sponsors of the Ron and Don show. He is a mortgage broker, and you can find out more about him at Mitch.loans. Hey, a really cool time to be creative when it comes to being a buyer. And there's sellers right now that are stepping up and saying, let me help the buyer by doing something called a buy down, right? 
Yeah, they are. And it's one of those things that's beneficial for both sides. Sellers give money up front for the buyers to buy down their rate and save money for the life of the loan. It's a really creative solution, really working for a lot of people. Yeah, there's also something called a 2-1. What's a 2-1? A 2-1 is where you get your rate bought down 2% for the first year, 1% for the second year, and then after that, you're home free in your current rate. But it's great savings up front, and then you have a chance to refi over the next two years. Yeah, good news, good time to be a buyer, good time for sellers to be creative and help that buyer. And Mitch, you can help everyone. Uh, how do people reach out? Go to Mitch.loans, set up a meeting, and let's figure out a creative solution for you. All right, you guys, welcome back. Don't forget, if you need us, ronadonsitdown.com, and uh, we can sit down with you today. Thank you for supporting our real estate business and thank you for your referrals. It means everything to us. A lot of you have sent friends and family to sit down with us and we are so appreciative. And now is a very, very good time to sit down. And if you're thinking about buying, listen to what Dave Ramsey said, right? Dave Ramsey said, this is the best time to buy a house in the last five years and maybe the next five years uh, in places like Seattle. And he's so, as conservative with money as anyone is. on the planet. So yeah. that I was, I was a little bit surprised I was too. when I heard that cause he's so into no debt. Yeah. I, I like a lot of his messaging, uh, and he really helps a lot of people. Um, I think, I think both of us are a little more aggressive than he is. So for the fact that he said that, yeah. uh, it was like, wow. Yeah. Run down, sit down, uh, dot com. And again, you buy a home and you ask the other side to buy down the points and then you refinance down the road. So you get a home at a great price and then refinance a couple of years from now when the interest rates come down because they will come down, you guys. All right. Movie star Jennifer Aniston is on Friends for years. Uh, she says who made a million dollars an episode toward the end. Back in the day, yeah. Yeah. She says there are no more movie stars, that social media is wrecking and ruining everything. Uh what say you, Ron? Because last time I heard, they say that Tom Cruise is the only movie star left. Is he the only mo movie star left? And do we need movie stars? I mean, she's coming at it from the classic uh, perspective. And yeah, entertainment has changed, but you, you don't have that marquee guy or gal anymore in the same way you did. But like, that's everything. Like uh, it, it, this article to me, and I, the, she came across as kind of a get off my lawn uh, person. Away, I ah, social media isn't like it's sort of like really, Jen. Like you, 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 you call hit her Jen? it. You call her Jen? Oh yeah, you yeah. hit it at this, you know, the a peak time where, like you said, you made a tremendous amount of money, had great success. She never really became a big draw for movies. Like she did a, quite a few movies, stuff. but yeah, it wasn't like, Oh my God, she's going to a hundred million dollar opening weekend with Jennifer Aniston. You know, it was, she didn't have the massive success she did in TV. And none of those folks from friends really did. Cause they were so iconic as the friends character. It was hard to like office space. Jennifer Aniston's in there and you look at her and you're like, really? Jane Aniston's a waitress at this restaurant. And Okay, like it just—it wasn't believable. It didn't come across as real. It seemed like they put Jennifer Aniston in, into a movie, and it's still Jennifer Aniston. And so, her point about social media, um, I think, is an old person's perspective. Like, if you look at younger people today uh, and who consume media, they don't—they don't care. 
If you saw something you liked on TikTok, you liked it. If you saw it on something on Hulu or on a TV show or in a movie theater or whatever it was, your son, if if he sees a Spider-Man TikTok, he's going to enjoy it. If he sees Spider-Man on TV, he's going to enjoy it. If you guys go to the movie theater and you see Spider-Man movie, he enjoys it. It's not... They don't have this thing of like, oh, well, it has to be a movie star. Or or sometimes we'll see a crime happening over in Ballard. Spider-Man shows up and we're like, hey, we know that guy. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. How did you read it with Jennifer Aniston? I don't know. I, I, I think Tom Cruise proves her wrong. I think he, he won over a lot of people when he demanded uh, that Top Gun be shown in, me, in movie theaters. And he demanded. Top Gun 2. Or Top Gun 2. And he also demanded that they fly in real fighter jets. And because they could never really find real fighter jets to fly, he's, he's like, the movie's not going to get made. And so what was really interesting is when the producers of that movie got on a plane, they went to see him when he was filming 007. Uh, not 007. Uh, Mission was, Impossible. Mission Impossible. And he does the Jack. Do you say Richer? Reaker? Reacher. Reacher. He does those movies as well, which is kind of. Well, no, they kind of kicked him to the curve. They have a new Jack Reacher. Oh, they do? Okay. Yeah, his Jack Reacher bombed. Oh, it did. They, they rebooted that in uh, television. I think Amazon Prime did a, a TV okay. thing with him, and he's no longer Jack Reacher. Yeah, and, and anyway, I, 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 I think he is a movie star. So I. And, and when I look at. Uh, Movie stars today, like like my son and I, we're gonna go see. Wakanda. Would you not say that, that Dwayne the Rock Johnson's not a movie star? Movie star, yeah, total movie star. So like, I, Kevin and, Hart's and, a movie I, star. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know what she she's pining for a bygone era that is just not relevant in today's media landscape. Yeah, and if you think of the old holiday, or the old Hollywood, and the way it was wired, what people had to do to get in a movie, it was very very different. It certainly uh, certainly was til- tilted more toward men power. And, and control and decision exactly so we want to bring harvey weinstein back in that yeah. system like what is what is the, she? the moment a woman turned like 33 she was done in hollywood so so, right. so now with netflix and and a lot of good writing out there uh it's prolonged a lot of actors careers i think so and, and it is hard i think she's also realizing how hard it is to sustain something i watched that first season of the morning show and it was very good and then and Steve Carell was in that and they sort of referenced the Me Too movement and it had a lot of twists and turns. And then it's, to me, really fallen off as it's moved through. Like I couldn't make it through. I didn't make it through season two. And so I think what you're finding or what she's finding is like, wow, not everything is friends. Like this yeah. is different now when you can stream stuff. And that's why, you know, the Ted Lasso's of the world are so specials because you you do watch the whole season. Jerry Seinfeld would not hit today. I I, no. I watched some of his of his, his original episodes uh, this past week with my son because I'm seeing if he might be interested in some because he really likes the Andy Griffith show. He really likes the black and white stuff. He loves all. So I'm I, I went trolling and I'm like, hey, maybe we'll uh, see if he likes some Seinfeld stuff. And and he didn't think it was funny. I didn't think it was funny. It it, it would not hit or work today. It was it was. It, it worked in its time, and I, and I wonder if Friends would hit today. I don't know if it would. The writing on that was very good, and the conversation was very quick, and that's what they figured out in a lot of these sitcoms is the writing has to be great, and the conversation has to be rapid I think fire. that multiple camera canned laughter sitcom thing is, is DOA. Like I, I just yeah. don't think it, it has the appeal that it once did. D-O-A. Dead it's on arrival. Do, it's DOA. 
Hey, you know what? Not is not DOA, the real estate market, everybody. <laughs> Give us a call. Another DOA day. Damn. Hey, you guys, if you need us, just reach out as your broadcasters, your friends. Uh, we are we are here for you, right? Yeah, I just we just closed the deal for our pal Christian, first time uh, home buyer. It was so cool to see someone again with fresh eyes that like this is his first house yeah. and has a really compelling backstory that I haven't asked if I could share yet. But uh, when I handed him the keys and we took a picture on the front stoop, it was super exciting. And yes, we bought it. Why interest rates are super high, but they're, they're not as high as they once were. Uh, historically, they're still pretty middle of the road. So if you're a first time home buyer, now is definitely the time. I, I agree with Dave Ramsey. There is not a better time in a five year window to be a buyer right now. Let's get you going and buy. Yeah. All right, you guys, just reach out. Ron and Don, sit down.com. You find us on our socials. He's Ron Upshaw and Don O'Neill. Keep your head up, your shoulders back. We'll see you next time for episode 472. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.